0: Hello my friends, I'm so glad that you could join me today. Welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Anything Goes. I'm so glad to have you here again, my friends and family of the Anything Goes podcast. I hope that your week has been going well so far. Um, I pray that any challenges you may be encountering can come to a um, helpful resolution sooner rather than later. I wish a bit of good health and delight in every single one of your days. Well, today, I thought I would get a little bit quirky with us. Um, as of late, I've really been getting into a little kick on learning some more about quantum mechanics um, and how that, those theories and those ideas can relate to the world around us in some very peculiar ways. Um, so in saying that, I will first acknowledge I am no astrophysicist, I am no quantum theorist, or whatever it would be, quantum mechanic, I don't know. Um, I'm just someone who is fascinated by these things. Um, That said also, what I am stating is just simply what I am absorbing and thinking about. So as I know that you will do, because this is the community we are, (laughs) I encourage you to Research for yourself and find out more. Um, don't take my word for it. I'm just a fan. I am no quantum scientist or any of that stuff. That all said, lately I've been looking a lot more into quantum mechanics and quantum theories in regard to that, and thinking about some of these interesting um, occurrences that we learn about in there. So I kind of went down this rabbit hole on uh, YouTube. I found this guy that's very much so into quantum mechanics. Um, I believe he actually studies that. And uh, his videos, uh, I'll be honest, they're not all that entertaining. um, But they're not built for entertainment. They're built to educate and to help People learn um, and so for me that doesn't bother me because I don't see learning as a need for it to be highly entertaining more that it is useful and informative in a very good way uh, so I can tolerate it being rather boring uh, obviously I had a lot of that opportunity in the military um, I learned a lot of great things when I was in but I will be the first to tell you The education process in the military is many things, but it is certainly not entertaining. (laughs) I don't know that I ever had an entertaining uh, learning experience in the military, but it was informative. Much of what I learned was very informative, and so I was able to stay engaged. Um, All that said, let's dive in. So I, I started by looking back at what many of us have probably heard about when you hear of quantum theory, quantum mechanics, quantum physics, uh, and that is the idea of Schrodinger's cat. Um, and the uh, experiment, the very famous double-slit experiment. I won't get into the entirety of it because that can take a long time, but essentially I would say look up the double-slit experiment in quantum uh, physics quantum mechanics, and explore Schrodinger's cat, that whole metaphor on trying to explain uh, how things occur in the quantum state. Uh, see, the, the interesting thing here is that as we've tried to understand the sub-molecular world, the subatomic world, when we take atoms and smash them apart and try to see what other little bits are inside... Uh, we're learning that things don't operate the same in the subatomic world as they do in the, uh, I don't know, other or the larger. I'll put it this way, in the microatomic versus the macroatomic. And there's many odd things that occur. Uh, The interesting thing about the double slit experiment is that they wanted to see because they couldn't find an exact placement for photons, they couldn't fi- find an exact placement for electrons. Depending on when you were born and when you went through school, you may have been taught the diagram of an atom with the protons and neutrons in the middle all clustered together, and these rings uh, or circles going around the, the nucleus with an, with an electron on each one. That's how I was taught. Some of you were probably taught that way as well. And then as we continued to explore, we found, really, it's kind of like an odd cloud of electron stuff uh, hanging out there. Um, And one of the things we find unusual about that is that it's all held together somehow. There's no actual shell around atoms, right? It's just a way of explaining it to a to us in a visual way and the interesting thing is the closest they've been able to find to lo- locating the location of any electron in any one in any given time it seems to always be in what they call a superposition meaning that it seems to be in more than one place at any given time and even with the fastest of cameras cameras I apologize um, my words get fumbled up sometimes, Uh, even with the fastest of cameras, we still sometimes, or we still cannot find any one position for these subatomic or atomic uh, elements, like electrons and such. And that is, I believe, because according to what the double slit experiment has indicated, um, and what Schrodinger's cat speaks of, to some extent, it is that the subatomic world, the quanta, exist in the realm of potentials. And this is where we get the concept, uh, to some extent, of multiverse theory, that there could be more than one universe, and we're all in these different universes, all kind of around each other. And this is where I got into in that previous episode talking about the idea that if a fifth dimensional being existed, right, in a different universe, let's say, and they wanted to interact with ours, which had different parameters, how would we know? What would it look like? So, looking at that, we understand that it would seem that things exist in a realm of potential, and when they are not observed, they seem to act differently than when they are observed. Uh, in the famous double slit experiment, which has been repeated, the they took a plate that had two slits in it, uh, kind of like the, like let's say it's like an equal sign turned upright, or in, like an eleven. And they would fire one pro, one photon, meaning the smallest packet of light, you can you can have and they would fire one proton or photon of light at a time towards that plate that had those two slits and behind it in the distance was a thin metallic film that could that could indicate where the perforations occurred for the photons now what was unusual was that when they fired the photon gun we'll call it and did not observe it either by electronic device or physical eye. The results were only looked at after the experiment was done. What they found was a pattern that looked much like a wave cancellation pattern. Um, And without going too much into that, essentially, if you've ever seen a sound wave or like a ripple in water, it expands out and expands out and grows bigger and bigger imagine if you had another one and it also was doing that where those two waves then eventually collide that's where you get what's called a cancellation pattern and so essentially um, areas that are opposite so if you have a high a peak of a wave and a trough of a wave those would cancel each other out and if you have two peaks hit then those get amplified or two troughs hit, then they amplify the other direction. And that creates that uh, wave cancellation pattern. So essentially, if you were to visually see it, it would look like vertical light and dark bands moving across the, uh, the field. What's interesting is that that was not what they expected. But when they then put a device or had a person observing it, they found that what happened is the light Photons reacted as one would expect them to, meaning the, re- the film that recorded where the fo- photons perforated was primarily blank, with two slit patterns as if it was passing through. But the odd thing is this. Remember that this whole time, that photon gun is firing only one photon of light at a time. So the fact that you still end up with a pattern like that is very interesting, and even more bizarre is when you get a can- a wave cancellation pattern, a multi-band striped pattern. And this is where the idea of superposition comes into play, and why the, the quanta world, the subatomic world, may actually exist in a realm of possibilities, as opposed to certainties. And why is that interesting to me? Well, one, the fact that our world operates that way is bizarre to me, and, I, and I'm fascinated by that, as I'm sure some of you are as well. But what it also means to me is that our world, our the way things are, the way our universe is, seems to have some indication that, um, we, we don't quite understand how things are designed. There are things that operate in our universe that we still don't understand why they do what they do. Um, and this is one of those areas. That's where they come into the idea that, um, whatever you do to one, uh, particle, one quanta, the other, the pair, no matter the distance between them, will also respond in an opposite way. So, for example, if you had one subatomic particle, one quanta, and you induced a rotational spin that was counterclockwise on it, its pair, no matter how far away, would respond in the opposite direction, but instantaneously. And the reason that's interesting is that implies that there is some sort of communication that goes on before the action occurs. Somehow there's something that moves faster than light that seems to communicate. So these pairs somehow know what's going to happen, and one conveys to the other. For example, I will be spinning in a northward orientation with a clockwise rotation, and it will let the other know, this is the idea, and the other will automatically know, and so the moment it happens, it automatically spins in a southward orientation with a counterclockwise rotation. It's very bizarre and very fascinating, um, because the implications of what that says about the way we live our lives and who we are as human beings and this world has some very interesting and Profound impacts potentially and and that's what i I, I find so uh, intriguing to me about delving into this, and certainly as we move forward I'll, I'll get into some of the other ideas of how that correlates to the macro world, um, but I wanted to talk through some of that because it's it's just interesting to me, and I certainly hope that you will go and look for yourselves, as I know we do in this community, um, and learn some more about this, because while it may seem rather heady and uh, can kind of make your head feel a little uh, like it wants to explode, <laughs> um, there's very much so some very cool things that you can learn out of that, that as you extrapolate what it's talking about and it, apply it to the world that we're all a part of you really begin to realize uh, there's so much mystery and curiosity in this world still. There's so much we still don't know that we can delve into and try to understand. Uh, and this is where you get into the ideas of, like, metaphysics in a, in a way. And we'll, we'll talk more about that uh, right after this break. Alrighty, my friends and family, we are back. Before the break, we were talking a bit and just getting into the idea of how these things can connect to what we would call the metaphysical world. Um, and these how these things can be related. So, if we know that in current theory, that in the subatomic, quanta instantaneously can know and communicate somehow before the action even occurs, it somehow knows uh, what the result will be, then it would imply that there is something faster than the speed of light. Um, And I like that. I know in the pursuit of science, the idea is to understand the world around us. But I like to think that if you're truly going to be a scientist, you should always, always have a, a open mind to mysterious things, right that there could be more that's out there. And certainly I would, based on my own experiences in life, I would say, if there's anything I've learned being an educator and being a student of life, the more I know, the more questions I tend to have. Uh, I'm sure that's probably been true for you as well. I don't know that I've come to a place where I've learned something and thought, well, that concludes that. It usually leaves me going, but why? Um, and how? And what What makes this happen? Um, there's, there's always more questions. And I think that's a natural part of learning and curiosity. And I, I certainly would say that our universe is such a vast expanse of things we don't know yet that it's quite possible we, we don't see things as clearly as we think we do. And I believe that to be more true than it isn't true. Um, because I I believe the world has way more knowledge than we... Think it does. Uh, We like to feel like we have some sense of understanding, and certainly in previous episodes I've talked about the reasoning for that uh, part of that being. We we need to feel some sense of order and control in our life, otherwise it can feel too chaotic and overwhelming. And so I think it is part of the reason why humanity has developed this hubris uh, that we know what is understood and we know what is right and we have it figured out i think it partly develops out of this necessity to feel some sense of order and control in the world otherwise you know why are we here and what are we doing and all is chaotic um certainly that's a bit hyperbolic but i i I do see that tend to happen so i think for those who can embrace the mystery and the uncertainty you put yourself in a better position um and that's why I find curiosity in so many different areas because of what I see uh, coming out of quantum theory, quantum theories, quantum mechanics, quantum physics. Um, it speaks to things that I already believed without having the scientific approach to it. And, and by that, what I'm saying is growing up in a uh, Catholic family, obviously, uh, ideas of faith speak to things that we don't yet understand or we don't, un- we don't know. And uh, I've certainly heard some uh, big thinkers in the world who have said that there would be a day in which, you know, science would be climbing up the mountaintop and would come to the pinnacle, and there upon the top would be the spiritual man sitting there going, I'm glad that you have finally arrived. Um, I find that to be a little bit uh, hubris on the other side. Uh, But the point, I think, is true in that there are things that we don't understand through a scientific approach. And certainly, um, quantum mechanics, quantum physics would indicate that there are things that happen that are spooky, that are, uh, for lack of a better way, magical, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. And I think it is, it's simply because that is the nature of the universe. Uh, we, I don't know that we'll ever as humanity understand it all, uh, Certainly not on this side of the grave. Maybe on the other side you understand things better, right? Um, That's what I was raised in, at least, is to to understand that. So all of that, I I digress, and I I will get back to saying there are things that uh, superposition the double-slit experiment Schrodinger's cat. These things seem to imply, which is that there is a communication that occurs that we don't understand. Somehow, the results of what are going to happen happen before they happen. I know that sounds bizarre, but follow along with me. Um, Somehow, there is a way by which all of the atomic things can communicate with one another. And we see this even in physics, right? That um, for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Well, in the in the ideas of what we were talking about with quantum entanglement, we see that. What you do to one quanta pair, to one of the quanta pair, I'll say it that way, the opposite occurs to its other pair, no matter the distance. Uh, Einstein referred to it in this way, spooky action at a distance. Um, and And spooky is true in some way, right? It is so very... Bizarre to us because we don't have a way to define it How is this happening? How is it that it knows? without us seeing an element of it and I've often have I said over the years that part of the problem humanity has these days is and probably since the existence of humanity is that um, We We like to quantify things, we like to categorize things, we like to define things to help us understand the world and how we relate to it. Um, And in our hubris we tend to say, "Oh, well if we don't understand it then it doesn't exist. Um, And that's obviously not true. But there are things that occur that could seem to imply that either there's some sort of greater intelligence going on that everything has been written in a code that we don't understand, or as I have said it over many years uh, to various friends and people I've encountered, I've said, with regard to humanity, it's like we're part of a very intricately designed Swiss watch. Beautifully designed, well-machined, everything is precise and intricate. Um, but we're just one tiny cog in a very complex set of clockwork machinery. And if we're one cog in the machine, not to sound all abysmal, and that's not the direction I'm going here, what it means is that we, our perspective is limited. We can only see that which we can see around us, but we can't see fully. Now, the the jeweler, the watchmaker has the ability to see far more because of a different perspective. And this is where it gives rise to these ideas in metaphysics that is there some sort of greater consciousness? Is, if everything is paired and, and quantum entangled, then are we all interconnected? Um, does the world feel because of what we feel, or, or vice versa. This is where you get into the ideas of, like, the butterfly effect. Does a butterfly flapping its wings create a tornado in Texas? <laughs> um, because that's all coming from the idea that everything in a subatomic realm is interconnected and, and interlinked and locked together in some way. It's all tangled up. And any one thing affects everything else. Certainly I've seen experiments. There was a director, I can't remember his name, he was famous for doing movies like The Mask and other movies of that nature. Uh, he did a documentary, I want to say two or three years back, in which he was exploring the idea of like this kind of metaphysical and intentionality. And so he went and talked with different people some more spiritual in view some more scientific and one of the things he looked at was these guys that were doing the scientific experiment where they created these devices that were random number generators and they had them in different places on the planet and what they were wanting to see is could the the intention of people affect the randomness of this device in other words could the intention, prayer, mindfulness, whatnot, cause the randomness of the number generator to become less random? In other words, more ordered, more more patterned. And to their surprise, they found that to be true. When large events happen in the world, such as the economic you know, downturn in 2007-2008, uh, when September 11th happened, Um, large events like that, what they found is that people, you could see that people were actually more mindful about what was going on, there was a lot of prayer, and they found that these random number generators, in fact, became less random. Now, you would say that this would be um, circumstantial evidence, right? We can't say exactly that that is the case. There's We don't have a way to quantify that for sure. What we can say is that uh, there is anecdotal evidence to imply that there could be something to that. And as I've said in a previous episode, this is where I see that there's something about the the effect of um, people being able to see things before they happen. Uh, People being able to feel something going on with someone that they love and care about. On another part of the world, Um, we see that with twins for certain, where they can sense what's going on with the other and know that something's wrong, even though they've never heard a thing from that person. This could all fall under that idea of quantum entanglement, that if, if all things are tangled together at the quantum level, then we may feel those things. And if we believe that matter is neither created nor destroyed, but merely changed, then one could argue that the matter that we are comprised of as human beings is the same matter that comprised other human beings, and trees, and other things. Um, And so if that's the case, it would seem very likely to me that it is possible for our intention, our prayer, our mindfulness, to have an impact. And it is also possible for us to sense things beyond our physical borders of our body. And I would say I would say, many of us have probably sensed that. Have you ever walked somewhere and for some reason you don't know why, you can't explain it, but you get into a certain area, a place, and all of a sudden you're just like, I don't know why, but I get a bad feeling here. I don't want to be here. You can't explain it but it feels very real and true to you. I would argue that that could be part of that quantum entanglement happening, part of that spooky action at a distance, that spiritual, whatever you want to call it. I would argue that that's what we're encountering. Um, I would say growing up as I did in my faith, there were many times I would be praying with people. And and this is a common thing I've known in my life. I don't know if that's always been the case for anyone of this kind of upbringing, but in my life, I know that I could be praying with people and then suddenly I would get glimpses of things going on in their life. Uh, Someone who had been pondering suicide or um, the intimate interactions a person's been having and the the fact that there are things that are being called to be addressed within that for their betterment. Um, Even in, in school, without it being about prayer, um I could see things beyond what I knew or should know. Um, I remember having a friend in high school that I told her, you know, there are things that I can see that I don't, I can see things beyond my body. I don't know how else to define it. To which she challenged me and said, okay, so describe my room to me. I had never been to her house. I'd never been to her room. But I was able to tell her where furnishings were in her room Uh, what the furnishings looked like, and just to prove the point, (laughs) and and pardon uh, if this bothers you a little bit, it was just me trying to illustrate that I wasn't lying or making it up. Um, I even described the pattern of her undergarments, what her underwear looked like, saying, oh, there's multiple colors and they have dots and stripes, something to that extent. It's been a while. And that got her attention. She's like, oh, how do you know this? I said, I promise you, there's no way for me to know this other than I just, it, I just see it in my head. Um, and and that's been something I've known to be true in life. I know for people, uh, there can be differences that they encounter with regard to that, but this is what I know to be true. And I'm of the mindset that people can, much like exercising or you know learning something, I believe these are innate abilities within us that we just have to exercise. And this is where I would say one of the problems we've had with traditional science has been that if you can't see it and quantify it, then it's not real. And the problem is if there are things that exist that we don't know how to define yet, we count all of that out. And I think there are, there is truth in the value of prayer and intentionality and mindfulness. And I think that there is impact we have. And certainly that experiment with the random number generators has seemed to imply that there may be some impact there. There are other aspects that we can look at with regard to that, but certainly this is something that talks about that. Um, And so I would hope that this would bring you some curiosity and some renewed intrigue in this fascinating universe we are a part of. Uh, I would hope that you would find something that you're curious about and delve into it. Uh, even if it feels over your head, learn what you can. Find wonder in the world around you. Um, and I would say, if you're a person that is spiritual, don't be ashamed of that. Um, because if there's anything I'm seeing in quantum physics, it is that there are things that seem to go beyond the physicality. Um, How does something communicate before an action even happens? How does a pair of quanta, how are they able to know what the result is going to be before it happens and be able to act accordingly when it occurs? How is it that photons will react one way when not observed, but will react a different way when they are observed? And does that not imply some sort of consciousness, or awareness, some sort of intellect? And if so, what does that say about the universe as a whole, the planet we live on, and the animals we share it with, and plants we share it with? What does that say? What does that imply? I I offer all these questions and ideas not because I have the answers by any means, but simply because... My desire, as you know, in this podcast is to share about the world we're a part of and the things we see and the things I observe and I'm curious about and hope that you can find connection in that and curiosity and intrigue and a renewed hope and desire to pursue this world and and to make it better and to make ourselves better. Uh, well, friends, we will uh, wrap this up right after this break. I will be back in a moment. Well, we are back. I could continue to go on on about this subject matter for a long time, but in order to keep the podcast from getting too lengthy, I I won't do so. Uh, Obviously, with any podcast episodes I create, there's a very high likeliness that I might revisit them and address new information or new curiosities about it. But that's the nature of being curious and interested in the world around you and being open to understanding things that are different. Um, And I know that in this community of Anything Goes, I have people who are like that and I'm glad to have you all in this community and that you are continuing to go on this curiosity and hope journey with me. Um, My friends, I wanted to again thank you for being here and as you've probably noticed in these last couple of episodes, uh, you're not hearing music in the background and that's on purpose. Uh, after talking to um, Anna at the podcast space, which I mentioned to her a couple of episodes back, uh, one of the things that she encouraged me as I'm building out a better podcast is not to have music in the background that it could be distracting. So I'm giving it a shot. Uh, I'm still learning and growing just as we all are. <laughs> Um, It makes me a little nervous because I do like having the music there, and I feel like it sets the mood. Um, And certainly, if you feel like the music is something that you enjoy more, the more people I hear to that regard, I'll put it back. Um, But if not, then I'll go this format and see how it goes. And as always, I want to remind you and encourage you that if you would like to say hello, you can do so on my Anchor FM page. Obviously, in previous episodes and in the descriptions, there should be links for all of that already. Um, You can go and click the message button and send a hello. Um, If you're interested in an idea for a podcast or you'd like to be considered as a guest on the podcast, you can message me and we can talk about that. And obviously, if you are in a position to do so and you would like to, um, I welcome and appreciate any financial support you're able to be. And on my Anchor page, you can click on the support button and you're able to be a monthly regular contributor to the podcast for as little as 99 cents a month, 99 a month, or 9.99 a month. Um, now this is all in American dollar because that's where I am, but I'm sure there's a conversion that it's able to do for you if you're in a different country, um, which I know many of you are, um. I welcome and appreciate your support in that regard. It allows me to continue to do these podcasts and to continue to improve and to uh, upgrade from um, a box and towels and a microphone and a phone to a little bit more of a professional setup where I can be able to control sound and space and have my podcast just a little cleaner. I don't want to strip everything out because I feel like you can find enjoyment in the humanity of the podcast that i don't remove every little edit or every little error that i include little quirks at times and that i I don't so overly control the process because i feel like there's some relatability to that humanity aspect of it but that said your financial support allows me to continue to grow this and make it more professional and yet still down to earth if you would like to be a contributor larger than that monthly contribution level you can message me and you can uh, let me know how you plan on doing that if you want to do a one-time gift or you want to do a monthly then we can arrange that for larger amounts um, and go that way my friends as always I appreciate you so very much and hello to all of you uh, to my neighbors in the north in Canada to those of you in Europe and the UK and in Asia and also over in uh, Australia. Thank you to all of you for continuing to be a part of this wonderful, growing, curious family that is Anything Goes. And I look forward to continuing this journey with you uh, as we build out new episodes. Well, my friends, until next time, stay curious, be kind to one another, find ways to be joyful every day, be mindful, connect with nature, take care of one another, and certainly be safe. Wash your hands, keep your masks on, keep yourselves safe during this pandemic so that we can get it under control and get back to a little bit more human interaction and a little bit more sense of normal again. Until next time, my friends, I appreciate you and I look forward to you being with me. Stay curious.